Hey, Cez here, and we're at the USTA National Tennis Center right here in Orlando. And today we're going to talk to about somebody who's done so much for paddle, none other than Marcus El Pilar. We're going to get his whole story, his ups and downs through the journey of getting paddle here in this country. Padel is taking the world by storm. We're going to make history together. Vamos! Hey guys, I'm here with Marcus El Pilar. Welcome, Marcus. Hello, thank you, Tashar. Of thank course, you for of the course. Invite. Now, I just did the whole uh, the certificate for Paddle MBA. It was, it was amazing. Can you talk to us a little bit how you're involved with Paddle MBA? Well, thank you very much. We just finished, as you said. We just finished. You know, the two days in-person experience uh, is very intense. As you can see, you know, it's more than 15 hours, you know, of uh, a lot of knowledge, you know, but um, we are, you know, the team are, are really, really happy, you know, about bringing people together, you know, sharing that experience, you know, and part of our mission is getting more and growing the community, you know, of coaches developed all over the world, right? So getting people inspired, you know, sharing the knowledge, providing this umbrella of uh, and a structure on how to build lessons, you know, how to provide the right approach on how to teach and try to raise the standards is kind of a must for us. That is, as we've been telling you for, for two days, you know, that is not a business for us. You know, it's kind of a mission in life. We are very committed. We are fully invested on that and we continue to grow. We are very, very happy about the job that we are putting together. We know that it's intense. It's also very intense for us, but, you know, this is something that we all love, you know, and we, we continue to do, for sure. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> the videos, but they're very thorough. I really enjoyed it. Um, and in the two days, were, again, very thorough. You gave a lot of input, not just into paddle, but into business. Um, who is this class for? I would say that it's, it's for everybody. Obviously, you know, Getting a certification into racket sports is, is, let's say, for teaching professionals. The first step for this is obviously for teaching professionals, but uh, something that I usually say is that uh, education and knowledge should be democratic, right? So we made a great effort, you know, Parallel MBA, you know, in partnership with the USPDA because the USPDA, United States uh, Professional Tennis Association, is our partner on this. Uh, we are endorsed and, um, and recognized by the USPDA as well. And, uh, you know, obviously this is more focused, you know, for teaching professionals that are willing to build a career, you know, and made a business out of that, let's say. But knowledge should be democratic. And we are receiving, you know, a lot of people not connected with racket sports, you know, like fitness people, you know, that want to get into the sport. We are receiving a lot of parents, you know, that want to learn, you know, a little bit more about what their kids are doing and so on. This is part of the strategy that we also encourage you guys to do, to start looking for what we usually call the blue ocean, right? Look for customers when nobody else is looking. So we are applying that, you know, in our business as well, right? So we are very proud to start attracting people that are not connected with the with the racket sport industry. Obviously, the crossover from tennis coaches into paddle coaches is is, is obvious, but uh, we are doing an effort on bringing people that is not connected with it. Oh, amazing. Now, what, what's the future with you and Paddle NBA? What's your, what's your ultimate goal? Well, I want to change the world. Change right? the world. Wow. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. know, you're, you know what? You're already doing that, I'm going to be honest with you. Thank you. you. Know? So let's talk a little bit about your beginnings, okay? So uh, did you ever play any other record sports? Yeah, I, I started playing tennis. I try to play professional tennis. I play some tournaments, you know, ATP and so on. But uh, I I realized really soon that I was not good enough. So I ended up, you know, moving in a different. <laughs> so you started playing paddle? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I ended not. up coaching. I'm just teasing. 
tennis, yeah. tennis professional players, you know, and, and from there, you know, the rest is history, you know, I just moved. Uh, I was managing tennis facilities, obviously, and in one day we decided to include some paddle courts, you know, and look where yeah, we are, yeah. you know. So how did you get introduced to paddle? It was kind of by accident, to be honest with you, because I was fully, fully invested in tennis. You know, I was coaching, I was a touring uh, coach for tennis with professional players, and I was owning my own facilities in Spain. Fully invested in tennis with academy, like several places with more than 600 students and so on. And, and I was approached by a couple of members and they told me, hey, Marcos, we're going to play parallel. I said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm a tennis player, man. I'm not going to play that. You now, know? have I, you ever seen paddle before? Yeah, in, in Spain at that point, you know, that was pretty, I, I would say that that was exploding, you know, okay. like maybe 15 or 20 years ago, that was exploding in Spain. A lot of people talking about it, but it was not as massive right, right. as now, right? So it was always around you, um, but you just always gravitated to tennis, correct? Yeah. So at what point did you say, hey, I'm playing paddle now? Well, that's what I was saying, you know, after being approached by some of our members, uh, they told me, Marcos, we want to play paddle, you know, why don't you build some courts in here? I said, no, I'm not going to build this. You know, we play tennis. I was so proud of being a tennis player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why, you know, I understand, you know, the feeling mm -hmm. of other people coming from tennis and at the very beginning, you know, a little bit hesitant and so on because I was right. living the same experience. But, you know, I ended up saying, hey, you know what, uh, I'll build two courts in here. Let's see how it goes. And in the first month, I realized that I needed to order six more because I... I re that was here? No, no, oh, in, in, Spain. in Spain. Yeah, okay. I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I'm too old, bro. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I realized really quick that uh, by using these cross-selling strategies, I could monetize, you know, the facilities way better than I was doing. Uh, even when we were very, very successful in tennis, I discovered something that I said, oh, my God, this is unbelievable because not only the power of attracting this blue ocean, you know, these people that are have never been connected with tennis or whatever, but also uh, uh, provoking some recurrency, you know. In, on average, you know, the average visit for tennis players is one, twice per week. You know, they are not coming more often unless you are jumping into an academy model or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, for paddle, you know, I could bring these guys, you know, coming two days for tennis and then two or three more days coming for parallel. And also we were bringing their wives, you know, their kids, whatever. So I said like, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. And I was just able to double my income in six months. So now I hear you always talk about monetizing, right? So can you can we explore that a little bit and, and talk yeah, sure. to us a little bit in details what you mean? Monetizing facilities? When it comes to, uh, you know, the clubs. So that, that means that is kind of the, the ultimate goal of everybody. Obviously, you know, we are very focused on providing an experience, you know, and getting our community happy. You know, we are super member-centric and so on. But at the end of the day, you know, when some investors are putting money behind a project, obviously they want to get this break-even point as soon as possible and getting some return of investment and so on. So at the end of the day, this is what it is. So we need to learn not only how to start attracting people, but also how to retain them and how to make our activities and our you know, facilities more profitable, right? That is what I mean by monetizing. We, we so, gotta, so retention? Yeah. 
and create more value so you can increase uh, um, how much you charge? Yes, so creating different revenue streams. The different know? revenue streams, okay. Exactly, that's important. Verticals. Okay. You also got to work you know, with the right margins for every single revenue stream that you are creating. You got to be able to attract and retain customers because at the end of the day, everything is about sales. You know, Every single company that's is That's a lot sales. of analytics. So uh, you have to get all those analytics and figure those things out and you have to put the efforts into the right areas. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a part of it. Yeah, that's what we've been doing for so many years. That's right. why, that's our expertise, I would say, you know, the business of... So, typi so typically a business does do that. Are you seeing a lot of clubs just not doing that and leaving a lot of money on the table? Well, I would say that uh, we, we can help people to, to monetize better and to become more profitable. I don't blame anybody about what they are doing. I'm very respectful and I'm nobody to judge, you know, what they are doing. But uh, let's say that our main expertise is obviously helping investors and helping, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, to make more money out of Parallel. Because, not because we are the smartest guys in the room, it's because maybe we've been wrong longer than them. You know, we've been failing and failing and failing for so many years. So experience. Exactly. Experience. It's a matter of experience. Right? Okay, so how did you get over here to the U.S., to North America? You talked about having uh, some clubs there. Uh, how did you finalize that and how did you get here to the, to the USA and why? Why is because when, when I was, you know, managing my own facilities in, in Spain, I was traveling to different countries in Europe you know, and getting this sport started, you know, and working with some coaching, you know, and, and intros to parallel and showcasing the game. So I was doing, you know, more or less what I've been doing here for, for, for the last six or seven years. And I was having more fun than just running my own businesses. I could say that we were very, very successful doing what we were doing, but I was like, okay, well, what is the next challenge in my life, right? So I was about to buy two more big facilities in, in Madrid, in my city in Spain, and then I always thought like, hey, if this is becoming successful in Italy, in France, in the UK, in all the countries that I was visiting by that time, I thought like, you know what? I only have one thing in my mind. I want to make this part of paddle massive in the United States. The US, I, the US market. Exactly. And at the very beginning, people were calling me crazy all the time. Mar Marcos paddle is not going to succeed in the US. This is not going to work. You are crazy, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know what? I've been called crazy for so many years that I don't care if I, I get called crazy again. You know, let me try, you know, because we were very successful putting, you know, these programs together in different countries in Europe. So why not to try in the U.S.? And look where we are. You know, a couple of years later, you know, the crazy guy is not that crazy, you know, and those opportunities that I was talking, you know, for, for everybody now, they are becoming, you know, a reality. Everybody's having a better life, which is part of the mission that I have. We've been talking about it, you know, for the last two days um, that uh, I, I think now I'm more focused, you know, on changing lives, you know, on bringing, you know, that, uh, that new, new approach, you know, and, and making, you know, lives better for everybody through parallel if possible, you know, but look where we are, you know. Yeah. So uh, uh, long story short, you know, I always thought about, hey, I want to make it massive in the U.S., I want to make it massive, they call me crazy, blah, blah, but have you ever uh, heard that uh, when you desire someone deep inside, something deep inside and you want to do it and whatever, these things happen, right? Yeah. So one day... I receive a call and say, hey, Marcos, we are looking for the best person to build something in, in the U.S. The project is doing this, blah, blah, and spreading the word out and, and growing parallel. Are you in? I said, I'm in. <laughs> so, and I sold my, my facilities, you know, right away. I, I moved really fast because that's exactly what I wanted to do. 
So, and then, right? Great, great, great. Oh, that's a great story. Um, okay, so let's talk about the PPL. I mean, uh, when I heard about it, I was like, wow, this is something that was needed uh, in this country. So let's, how did that come to be? I mean, did you always want to, I mean, you're a co-founder, of course. So is that, was that what you always had in mind? Uh, how, how did it start? Um, I'm going to give the credit to my partner mm -hmm. in that case, you know, because we, I, I was very lucky, you know, to meet Keith Stein, which is my, my partner. I'm the co-founder of the Property League. Um, we get to know each other and we started, to, you know, to talk about different businesses. He wanted to get involved in parallel. He told me one day, uh, Marcos, I have one idea, but I don't think I can make this happen without you. I, I, I'm going to listen to you, blah, blah, blah. And he explained me, you know, I, I got this project of putting a league together in between franchises and I start laughing like for five minutes, nonstop, laughing, laughing, laughing. And he was telling me, Marcos, but listen, no, if you don't think it's a good idea, we, we don't put that together because I need you, blah, blah. And, and I, when I finally, you know, could talk, uh, he told me, why do you laugh so much? And I said, bro, you cannot imagine that I put together this in Europe like six or seven years ago and I have everything planned. You know, I have every single step planned because I tried to put that together in Europe and nobody listened to me. And he told me, no way. So you think it's a good idea? I said, well, I thought already that it was a good idea and I have everything planned. So if you are in, I'm in. And he told me, I'm in. I said, I'm in too. <laughs> and, and, you know, everything was, was so, you know, I, an incredible setup, I would say. Nice. And so why do you think it didn't work in Europe? Is it timing or? I, I think mean, so, man. So. I think every single business has a trend, has a timing, uh, and has a moment. I think that was too early. Uh, in Europe, the sport was mature in Spain at that moment, you know, but maybe the vision was not so evolved. Or maybe, you know, my approach, maybe it's part of myself as well. I was not ready, you know, to pitch that properly. Maybe the way that I tried was not good enough. I'm always looking intrinsically, you know, how to do it, how can I do it better? How can I improve myself? So I'm not going to blame the market. I prefer to blame myself like, hey, I needed to be more mature. I needed to have a different approach and a different asset to be able to pitch it properly. Because what happens to me in, 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 in this, you know, country, it was just the opposite. When I started to talk to a couple of friends, you know, about this, some people were telling me like, no, 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 no. Listen, I, 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 I don't need to listen anymore. I know this model better than you. And I said, well, you are totally right because this franchise model is coming from the US, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why you guys understand that. And I was trying to be too evolved probably in Europe like mm. six or seven years ago. Now, do you think the timing is right now? Because they do have the Hexagon Cup uh, going to start next year. No, it's, um, it's starting in now. In March. January, oh, sorry, this January, year. I'm sorry, yeah. this year. Uh, so do you think the timing is right now? 100%. Yeah. I'm a very good friend of, of the uh, founders of Exegon as well, Exegon Cup. They are being very successful. I'm happy for that too. But PPL, we put that together first. And, uh, and I think that uh, this is the right timing. Best. The, the league, the PPL has such momentum now. You know, we are, you know, getting more teams, more interest. The quality of the players, you know, that we are receiving in 2024 is unbelievable. We'll be working with some of the best players in the world. We'll also have, you know, uh, some of the best players in the United States, the one and only Luis Estrada <laughs> right there, Nico Agritelli and some others for sure. But, uh, you know, the quality of players, you know, coming from Europe this year is going to be outstanding. So, so let's talk about the difference in 2023 and 2024 and PPL and the changes. Uh, um, I saw some of the games. I thought it was, it was a great start. I think it's a great 
in our franchise, great organizations. How many franchises did you have at the beginning? Who was the first one to buy a franchise? Uh, that was a good friend of, of mine, Chris Show from LA Beat. Mm -hmm. He's a good friend from Sweden. Um, he's very involved, you know, in, in, in parallel, you know, with different ventures. And he was the one that backed me up from day one. He told me, Marcos, I'm in. Um, I don't need to listen anymore. If you are putting this together, I'm in. And, wow. and he accomplished, man. He promised and he accomplished. He was the, ver the first, the very first team that we sold, Los Angeles Beat. Uh, after that, I think it was San Diego, probably, with Tactica. Uh, San Diego, and I don't remember the order. Then, you know, some others, you know, jumped. Because believe it or not, you cannot imagine the number of people that, that I pitched this idea, you know? Well, like, you cannot imagine. That was the next question, Ooh. yeah. How difficult or how, you know, easy was it? You know, I, they could feel the pure passion, but it's trying to convince somebody to invest in the franchise that you hope is going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Even though with all the experience that you have. You know what? Like, I think everybody understood the model, but like every, every other single startup, you know, everybody thinks it's a good idea, but nobody's ready to put the money. Take the you risk. Know? Exactly, to take the risk. Everybody's like kind of backing up a little bit until they realize like, no, this is a reality, so now I'm ready, right? So having these people that is backing you up, I can be grateful enough for the people that back me up with this project, you know, and I'll always be happy because not only because of us, you know, for putting together this project, it's also because of the uh, big step that I think we did for Parallel in the United States because we built Proper League to become the catalyst of the growth of Parallel in North America. So don't forget about that. Yeah. So I understand that it's a business. Obviously, for everybody, it's a business. We have a lot of people, you know, fully invested on this. And, and now we are raising the standards, you know, and the prices are going up and we are overwhelmed because of the interest and so on. But at the end of the day, the main goal was to boost and become the catalyst of the growth of Parallel in North America. And we wanted to build this new ecosystem for players, broadcasters, sponsors, uh, people like you, you know, like like influencers or you know players, and everybody to have a new pathway, a new ecosystem to interact and to have interest in growing parallel in the U.S. So we wanted to put together a win-and-win -win situation for everybody. That was what property league is, was and is, and will be hopefully, you know, for forever. So how many franchises did you have in 2023? Uh, we played with seven teams seven in 2023. Teams. How about now in 2024? We have ten franchises committed. We are in conversations with potentially two more that will be joining us for 2024. Wow. We have interest and obviously open discussions with, with a couple of more groups uh, that if they don't join for 2024, they will be joining for 2025. But the interest is out there. The momentum is of there. PPL right, is out right. there. Right, right. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so, okay. So let's talk about the changes, um, the rules, um, where they're going to play. Uh, uh, can you talk about the changes this year? Um, we'll be playing two different conferences. Okay. Last year, we kind of created a, a beta, uh, I would say a beta, you know, mm -hmm. project where all the teams were coming. It was kind of a bubble concept where all the teams were coming to the same place. And this year, we wanted to elevate the product. You know, we, we are working with Inside Out, which is an incredible company, and they are helping us out, you know, to manage, you know, all these steps. And we'll be working in two different, uh, two different, um, uh, conferences, right? East and West. We are promoting like conference matches, then conference championship, and the ones that will be winning in conference championship after the conference matches will be playing the PPL Cup. So let's say that we are bringing PPL to the audience gotcha. because instead of 
playing only one place, we'll be playing two different coasts and then for the conferences, different places as well, and the PPL Cup in a, to be the tournament place. So how many conferences? There's a West and East? West and East, And yeah. where, where would they be playing in the West? Uh, multiple places or mo one, one Multiple place? places. Okay. Uh, okay potentially few, LA, or? potentially Los Angeles and Vegas. Okay. Um, and then in the East Coast? Is potentially Orlando and, and uh, Miami, Miami Beach. Wow, Miami Beach. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see. Are you leaking something out the there? Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, have fun together in there, I can tell you. We'll have fun. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the changes in players, right? So I hear you have some really great players coming, uh, you know, here to play. Um, so are you allowing more um, outside players, you know, play in, in, for the teams? Or how, do, how does that work from last year to this year? Yeah, last year we were... Uh, we are still very focused, you know, on the on the North American audience, right? For players, creating that opportunity for North American players. But this year, we ended up making some changes because some of the owners, you know, were, were you know, putting extra money, you know, so we decided to increase the salary cap or the, the range that we have, you know, for bringing more players in. And they were, you know, smart enough to start looking for some of the best players in the world. And they were very successful. So yeah. they started to search, you know, profiles, very, very high profiles, and they got a yes. So we detected that there's a huge interest of these top guys, you know, players, top players in the world to be playing PPL. And then, you know, we started to receive signatures and signings and signings and signings. So we ended up changing a little bit. So we are now allowing, you know, to bring more international players, even when our priority keeps going, you know, on, on making a space for North American players. So in the following years, we'll be probably inverting, you know, the percentage. So we'll be increasing the importance of North American players and reducing a little bit the international presence. Can you tell the audience who, who's coming to the PPL? Oh, a lot stars. of names, a lot of names. Uh, Give us a few. Chingoto, which is top uh, team three, which is, I think his, his ranking is seven now. Juan Martin Díaz, Maxi Sánchez, Miguel Lamperti, Las Gemelas Alayeto. I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to forget anybody, but I can tell you that big, big names, you know, wow. historical names, you know, and um, very, very, uh, you know, good players, former top one, top two, top three in the world will be playing this year in the in, So, in the so that level is really, is really getting up. Now, yeah. now, what is that, you know, where does that leave the, the, um, the American players, you know, that are not at that level yet? You know, they're not going to get drafted, obviously, you know, so... They will, they will get drafted. Well, they'll be taken over by some of these players, right? And then how about when they play against each other? You know, you may have one team that is really offset, has some great... Do you, how do you control that? Let's say that uh, obviously we have some internal rules, you know, for, for how to create, you know, the draws and, and the lineup, I would say, you know, for the teams. But um, we have, you know, incredible... Um, incredible response from last year, you know, having Luis, as we were saying, Luis Estrada, Nico Agritelli, you know, and some others, you know, some of the girls that also played, you know, uh, on different teams. Um, Riva played, you know, and, and, and uh, I mean, a, a lot of them, you know, that were playing. And I was thinking, like, we, we could see, you know, the evolution of these players, you know, after having the experience to play with some of the best players in the world, they, they increase their level big time, right? Yeah. So 
we ended up saying maybe some of these guys they don't have you know as many opportunities as last year to be in front of the cameras this year but they will be part of the teams as well so they will be able to live the experience to get you know some practice you know to be there as well and and you can also improve yourself by getting inspired and to breathe the same air that some of these superstars right you don't need to actually play in front of the cameras right. And we also wanted them to get inspired and to get challenged, right? right? It's like, hey, we are building this for you guys, so now see what is happening, you gotta go fight for it. Yeah. We are making the 50%, but you also need to make your 50% back, right? right, right. So it's not, a, it's not a matter of, hey, uh, give it to me and that's it. You gotta earn it. Because in life, you put more value on the things that you think that you earned, right? Yeah, of course. So something that you that were given. given. Right. Of course, of course, definitely. Okay, so can we talk a little bit about a value, the franchise value? Can we talk about that? Uh, to compare 2023 compared to 2024, if somebody wanted to invest into a franchise, I, what are they looking at? I can tell you that um, we are like 6, 7x. Okay, from... Not more, maybe more now, in fact. From, from what? From the very beginning. And which is... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Marcus. You know, you got investors, you know, you know, just give a you know, ballpark view. You know, let's say I wanted to invest or, or somebody wanted to invest or I want to put something together. We know, okay, this is what it is. And I know the value is going up. I know the value is going up. I mean, there's more teams coming and more people coming. I mean, I could see this thing really reaching a certain amount. But uh, if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. You said six, seven times, right? Six, seven times. Or from 2023. Than, yeah, from the very beginning. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's growing a lot. It also, because we are putting together a better product, we are improving not only the quality of the production, you were part of that, mm -hmm. man, and I'm happy that we, we could have you there, you know, being part of, of everything that we are doing, you know, you saw the setup, you know, with the LEDs, you know, the production is incredible. We are increasing also um, the quality, you know, of the hospitality, you know, for our sponsors and so on. We are also increasing the number of games. Um, the quality on television, the presence on television, yeah. everything is going up, right? So yeah, obviously yeah. It's, it's more than understandable that... Yeah, let's talk about the media. Um, are there going to be any changes uh, for 2024 uh, when it comes to, to media? Production, you mm -hmm. mean? Uh, I mean, our standards are to keep looking for excellence. Okay. I would say that. Um, there are two things that I don't think will change. One is that we usually say that our priority are the players. The PPL was created by and for the players, you know, to create this new ecosystem. We, I, I really think that they are our biggest asset, you know, and I want to respect them. I want to treat them well. You know, I want them to feel the PPL as, as part of their, you know, career. Also, obviously, the owners, you know, it's important. And then the fans, right? I don't think that is going to change. Hopefully, never will change. That will be, you know, stuck, you know, in our vision forever. And, and obviously, we are aspiring to excellence. This is part of my DNA as well. You know, every single thing that I'm doing, I'm trying to get the, the best, or at least the best that I can, right? I'm lucky enough to have an incredible team, you know, that they are doing the job. In fact, they are the ones that are doing the job, and I'm, I'm super proud and happy about them, but we keep aspiring to excellence, so our commitment is to produce, you know, media better, um, quality better, everything better, right? Aspiring to excellence all the time. So. I can commit to do things better than last year, or at least to try. Sometimes we are not good enough to do great things, but... Well, like in everything, you're constantly 
changing, adjusting, you know, uh, like pivoting and, and exactly. you know, based on what the needs are in any business, that's how it is. But it's amazing what you've, you've co-founded and helped and, and produced. I mean, I think PPL is such a great idea and, and I love you, it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Okay. It's kind of lean startup. I usually, are you, are you familiar with lean startup mentality or, which is like, it's basically what you said, you know, it's like all these startups, you know, need to pivot really quick, you know, make as tiny changes and listen to their audience and become better, you know, in the things that yeah. we become more specialized, you know, but we got to be light enough to move fast, right? So this is kind of the mentality of basically everything that I'm doing, you know, and, and we are also trying to apply that to PPL. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about RacketX. Uh, you're going to be speaking there. Can you talk a little bit what you're going to talk uh, about in, in RacketX? It's kind of this, this thing we're, we're talking right talking, now. Uh, monetizing <laughs> facilities, you know, the future of PPL is more or less this. So you can probably take this video and then put in there. But for the racket, you don't need to go. No, but I really want to go, man. <laughs> I really want to support the initiative. I think they are doing an incredible job. You know, RacketX is going to change, you know, the idea of the trade shows and, and this kind of moment, you know, in, in the United States. I think they are doing an incredible job and I'm happy, you know, and honored to be invited. You know, I, I was, I think, after Katrina Adams, you know, from the USDA, I was the second, you know, guest and the speaker that they invited. So I'm, I feel like a superstar, man. I feel like super. You are superstar, no, Marcus. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I really feel like, like humbled, you know, yeah. to be there. I'm excited. I'll be bringing, you know, my Parallel NBA USA team. We'll be doing some exhibitions. In addition to the presentation that I'll be doing, mm -hmm. we'll be doing some activations on the court as well. So I think it's going to be fun. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to wish you all the luck in 2024. Man, uh, keep in touch and keep the great job that you're doing. And happy to have you here. We'll see you in level two. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And join us for all things battle. We are all things battle.